Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another stirring edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. This will be a somewhat supersized edition as last week's last week's show got uh, deleted due to technical difficulties. Um, so this evening we will be bringing you a plethora of information, a super show, so to speak. Uh, and sir, when I say super show, we're not talking about Raw and SmackDown combined because we already had that with the draft and it was a massive flop. Uh, that being said, we will be covering nights one and two of the draft uh, in addition to um, all the all the week's happenings and all that kind of stuff. And in, in, in something that I'm very excited about, uh, we will be bringing you a special retro review of No Mercy 1999, which happened 21 years ago today. So... So don't worry, we're going to make it up to you um, for last week's snafu, and uh, we're going to get it rolling with a uh, the raw the the review for uh, night one of the draft on the raw side, and I'm going to kick it over to Elio for that. Elio, get me started and help and help me out. Forget all the werewolves. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, night one took place on SmackDown, but uh, it's okay. Uh, we'll we'll start with Raw since it's the first show of the week. Yeah. So that kicks off into our review of Monday Night Raw, and here we go. Five, we can go over the draft list first, or we can go over the matches. Which we do first. Let's do the matches first, then we'll do the draft list. All right. So, in our opening segment, we had Drew McIntyre uh, attacking Randy Orton following a promo. Oh, God. Then we had a no DQ match Alistair Black versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens defeats Black by pinfall. Okay. Now, here's, here's my problem. Okay. You're never going to hear me complain about a Kevin Owens. Alistair Black match. That's not my problem. I can watch them all the time. Sure. However, I have a massive issue when those two gentlemen are involved in a match that feels absolutely irrelevant and pointless. And that is because both of these gentlemen have been, have just been so floating in nowhere land since WrestleMania. It's just they haven't done anything relevant since WrestleMania. I mean, you know, for God's for God's sake, Alistair Black was was wearing an eye patch, the likes of which I've never seen before. It's just it's okay. First of all, you take away Alistair Black's music, which I can just scream about. Actually did you read this uh, tweet? Yes, yes, I did. And I'm so it, glad give, give, give the new theme a chance. Why? I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> and, and let, let me just let me just say, okay, I, I I'm not blaming Alistair Black for this because he he just has to cover up for the fact that there's five pounds of dog shit in the two pound bag. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, he he was he was saying exclusive. He was saying that um, 
the entrance is only 20% complete and, 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 you know, just give us a chance to work it out and, and, you know, put it all together for you, then, then make your determination. Okay. Hold on, hold on. 20% complete. What are you talking about? Well, that's, that's what, um, that's not his full entrance. No, that, according to him, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. Now look. Okay, we got we got one very early in the show, and you damn near fell over. Okay, yeah, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a KO show for sure. Um, <laughs> and, but anyway, so you know, like I said, I'm not blaming Alistair Black for this, but it, it's just the new music just is completely just generic and useless. And to tell you the truth, taking away Incendiary, which was which was the name of his which was the name of his original theme. No, it, the the name was Root of Evil. The group was Incendiary. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm you're exactly right. Um, you know, but taking away that music just strips him of like identity, and and it's a really cool aspect. Of, of his character. Now, I have a question though, before you go on. Yeah. They took it away because it's a CFO theme? I guess. But Incendiary is a group that sings it, so I don't know why they would take it away. Because it's Vincent Man put, putting his stamp on Alistair Black. I don't know. <sighs> um. um. I just I have no idea. There there's there's no good reason I can give you, Elio. There just there just isn't. You know, there, there's an old adage that says if something's not broken, don't fix it. And for me, that's Alistair Black right here. Because to me, he 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 was a foregone conclusion to be a future WWE champion. Now I'm not sure. Because that is how that is how much that they have taken away from the mystique of Aleister Black. So, you know, even though I enjoyed his work with Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw, it's just what they're doing to him. They're they're bastardizing Aleister Black, which I have a massive problem with, and it just takes me out of his matches completely. Okay, and uh, okay, so this is uh, first match. What would you give it? Um, I I would give this a B. A B. All right. Yeah. This match got an A minus. Well, I'm I'm like I said, I'm not gonna complain about that. Just just because of who's involved. Next, we had Ms. TV. I don't give a single shit. And what would you give this segment? A D. That's exactly the grade that it got, a D. God, it was terrible. (laughs) Then we have a triple threat match. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy. Styles defeats Hardy and Rollins by pinfall. Okay, once again, and this kind of runs into the same issue as Aleister Black and Kevin Owens. 
on its face, I have no problem with this match at all, and I could probably watch it all night long and have no problem with it. You give me any combination of those three men, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna like it. Okay. The, the, the issue is, okay, this is on the night of the draft. Night two of the draft, which they were billing as being the bigger night. And yet, you know, all three of these people are eligible to be drafted at this point in time. And yet you have them in a match where nothing draft related is on the line. At least have a draft pick on the line or like a, you know, or like a lottery pick. Something. And this, um, you know, so, so it just it just makes the the match seem unnecessary, and it just it serves as as filler. Now, like I like I said, you know, um, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that you know picks apart everything, but it's just when when something is so obviously flawed and just the way it's put together. When when you're supposed to be making this draft the biggest deal of the night, and you're gonna have a triple threat match take up this much time on the show, and nothing draft related is is involved when you have Raw going up against SmackDown, and you tr- you try to make that such a big deal every year at Survivor Series, which is coming up soon, but yet we we see Raw versus SmackDown all the fucking time. And this one's supposed to be different. Like how? Okay, read this one. <sighs> um, I'm gonna have to give it a C plus just because of everything I just mentioned. Wow. This match got an eight. Well, and like I like like I said, um, you know, if you take if you take just the wrestling, then I agree. But every every. Every single aspect of what I just mentioned um, is the reason why I give it what I give it. All right. Then we have a tag team match. A tag team match: Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Natalia and Lana. Oh God. <laughs> oh, no, 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 and the fuck. No. Oh, my co-host is having conniption fit. Thanks. Yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, I'm, hold on, hold on. Bro, uh, of course, Rosenbrook defeat Natalia and Lana by pinfall. I had to throw that in because uh, whatever. Well, I, I don't, I don't give a shit. And I'll tell you why I don't give a singular shit. Go on. Because one, Lana got thrown through a table for the fourth week in a row. This is ridiculous. This is this is all revenge for Rusev. Uh, so that's number one. I, I don't need to see that uh, again. Uh, n- number two, and more importantly, um, I would like to bring to your attention, Elio, that Andrade was not drafted in this draft at all. I saw that. I'm but yet, what's going on there? Yet Lana was. Like, are you? Am I missing something here? Um, you know, to so just, just that simple fact 
in and of itself is just so mind-numbingly stupid. I feel like I've become a victim of the Men in Black mind eraser pen. I mean, good God. And, and this match got a C minus. Well, once again, I think they were being really fucking generous because, <laughs> oh, God, this is atrocious. All right, in our next match, we have Angel Garza versus Andrade. Garza defeating Andrade by pinfall. Yes, we had and Selena, Selena Vega on commentary. Yes, and, and Selena Vega seems to be joining back up with Andrade because... Uh, or, yeah, um, it, because she uh, she was seen uh, comforting him and checking on him after the loss. Yep, uh, I saw which, that. Yep. Which, okay, number one, I'm glad that this is over now because, my God, it went on forever and ever and ever. How many times did we see Angel Garza versus Andrade? And then before that, how many times do we see Angel Garza and Andrade versus the Street Profits? Or Angel Garza and Andrade versus the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders? What the fuck? So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully the fact that this tag team is now officially disbanded for what I hope is the is the final time, because we've had teases like this two or three times before this. Um, you know, hopefully we can all move forward. Now, now I think we can both agree that Andrade uh, needs Selena Vega so badly, uh, just just to be able to communicate with the audience, because from a wrestling perspective, he's world class. The, the the fact that this man has only won um, you know one championship on the main roster is a fucking joke. Okay, and uh, this one gets a C plus. Uh, I, I can I can agree with that for sure. Next up, we have a Raw Tag Team Championship match: The New Day versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Kofi and Woods defeat Ziggler and Root by pinfall. They gave this match an A. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know what they're looking at. Maybe, maybe they were just feeling nostalgic for the new day, uh, you know, because this was their, this was their first time together in, in over a year. I, which I understand, and you know, um, we'll get, we'll get more into the uh, breakup of the new day once we hit our SmackDown coverage. I got that all covered for you. Um, but you know, it, it's just, you know, where are, where are these grades coming from? You, you know, it's just, and, and here, and here's, uh, here's the other problem because, you know, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, you know, by themselves are two of the most talented wrestlers you're ever going to get. I believe that. However, WWE has, has just belittled them to the point where it's like, I no longer care, you know, about, about them at all. Uh, and, and that sucks. You know, I, I hate saying that, but that's what WWE does. They take people that I am emotionally invested in 
and beat them down to the point where I just I can't even recognize them from from the the people that they were and when I loved them. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then next we have the Hurt Business versus no, sorry. Rick Shane versus Cedric Alexander. If Rick Shane loses, he joins the Hurt Business. Rick Shane defeats Alexander by disqualification to end this rivalry with the Hurt Business. They gave this match a B plus. Bullshit. It's B plus for bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. That's exactly what that fucking means. Because, because look. We have seen this combination. There's some combination of the Hurt Business versus Ricochet and Apollo Crews since since right after WrestleMania. I mean, this is just ridiculous. I mean, and look, I love the Hurt Business. I think that they are great. But when you only have them going up against one fucking person or two people, it's just ridiculous it's over and over and over again i mean it's it's starting to rival the amount of times we saw you know the street profits versus angel garza and andrade and the street profits versus versus the war raiders and i never thought i'd say that because i thought that shit would never end you know they they gotta get some new blood in here or else i'm gonna start not to care about the hurt business either (laughs) Okay. Next, and I can't believe this next match. We had a dual brand battle royal for the number one contender to the women's championship. The winner of this match, Ben, Ben, the winner of this match, Lana. Can you uh can you mail me some cyanide, please? <laughs> just, or um or some poison lace and sure, just, just something. This sure. is a joke. This is a fucking just it's an embarrassment. Things like this make me embarrassed to be a fan of professional wrestling. Oh my god, I couldn't go because actually uh, this one. My friend had actually told me this result because I hadn't watched it yet. I don't want fans. I don't watch Raw and SmackDown. I record it and I watch it later on because I can't sit through three hours of this stuff. Well, I do the same thing. So So. when my friend told me Lana won the Battle Royale, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was an audible facepalm. By my Canadian cohort Elio Canella, and I, I would, I would like to pause and acknowledge of just how perfectly timed that was, because I was literally, brother, I was sitting here staring at my, staring at my TV screen, just over, just over here out of the camera shot, and I was just dumbfounded by what I was looking at. Now, I could not believe now, okay, it. Can, can, because I didn't see this. Can you explain how Lana won, wins this match? Who did okay. she eliminate? Okay, well, I'd, I'd have to double. I'd have to double check to to see 
who's she eliminated? Let me, I mean, I know, I know how it was done. Uh, let me, let me double check. Uh, where's the, where's the, oh, I don't have the raw. Well, hold on, you know what, don't worry about it. I have it right here. Yeah, once, once you find that. Okay, so, so apparently Lacey Evans and Natalia worked together to take out the Riot Squad. Then the two remaining heroes fought on the apron where Natalia took down Evans. Then oh, yeah. so Lana knocks Natalia off the apron. So it was it was it was Natalia who we who we thought won. Um but but the um but the thing is, right? So Nia Jax had once again put her through a table, like I said, for the fourth week in a row. Oh and, my god, did you see but, um, but then Oh, hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll get there. So then, because of the fact that, we, that she was put through the table, we forgot about the fact that Lana wasn't eliminated from the Battle Royal, and then she got up and eliminated, um, you know, the last person, which I believe, which I believe was Natalia. Yeah, no, but I was going to say, did you see the picture that she tweeted out? With which one? The one right pick? No, she's in the, she's train she's in training for a championship match against Oscar, and uh, her training includes eating drinking a glass of raw eggs, a la Rocky oh, yeah. Balboa. Yeah, I, I did see that. And that is, oh my god! That's that's so freaking stupid. So the, the, this battle we got a C minus. Okay, well this one needed to get an F. No wait, no wait, hold on. Was this the main event? Because I'm not seeing anything else after this. Did they end the show with this? Uh, I, I don't think so. Um, I have to um, check this. I have to check it because... Oh, my God. You got to be kidding. They made this the main event. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure they had a say. I'm sure they had a segment. <laughs> <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Elio has thrown down his headphones, and, and we are we are throwing down the gauntlet, and we are quoting Owen Hart. Enough is enough, and it is time for a change. Okay, you know what? Let's just let's go through this list of uh, drafts for night two. I don't do things backwards, but since this raw is the first show of the week. Okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll go uh, we'll go night two and then and then right after we go through this, we'll go through night one for so you. The, so num number one number one name on the this list, Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse move over to Monday Night Raw. Which which was a good which was a good move. I uh Oh, by the way, I have to say I did like Bray uh, White and uh, Alexa Bliss uh, making their appearance during the uh, Andrade Angel Garz match. We forgot to bring that up, but uh, it was cool, so cool seeing Alexa Bliss hanging upside down. Then they both hit Sister Abigail's on and Selena and Andrade. Absolutely. All right, so then we have Bailey staying on SmackDown. Yes. Randy Orton stays on Raw, makes no sense since he was already on Raw. 
well, well, yeah, and the fact that he's involved in a WWE championship feud. Oh my God damn. This is so fucking now, stupid. The Street Profits move to SmackDown. Ben, I was not aware that you're allowed to trade tag team championships. Well, and see, this is this is what irritates me because actually, at first, when when the Street Profits got drafted, and I, I mentioned this in the in the deleted episode, so I want to make sure we get we get it in on this one. Okay. I was actually very excited when the Street Profits were originally drafted because I'm like, oh, this is going to be the perfect opportunity to unify the belts, because that's what I thought they were going to do. Um, when they bought um. Shinsuke and Cesaro to to um uh to Raw as part of the uh, brand to brand Invitational um when um so I th- I thought that they were gonna unify the belt with Cesaro and Shinsuke versus the Street Profits and then they didn't they didn't pull the trigger on that and so once this happened I'm like oh this is perfect. They were waiting for the draft. Now they're going to unify the belts. Well, apparently, my hopes were dashed very quickly, and I was so sad because R-I-P, I realized R.I.P. Ben's hopes and dreams and <laughs> and aspirations and my career as a professional wrestling fan. This is where a piece of Ben Pierce's soul. The man that pierces barriers, this is where a piece of his soul goes to die. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, God, because, so morbid. What's going on? Well, and that would be a good podcast plug because I'm going to check out that podcast called Morbid that you, you gave me. Um, but um, anyway, so so Adam, um, or uh, what was his name? Adam, yeah, Adam Pierce. He is in a backstage. God, I, I, I I hope I'm not related to him, even though uh, distantly. Uh, No, I'm, I'm not related to him. Although he does have a badass last name. I just Um, had to put that throw in there. Yeah, well, especially because he spells his name the same way I do. Yeah. Um. But anyway, um. So Adam Pierce is in a backstage segment with the Street Profits and the New Day. Yeah. And they trade the belts. I did not know that you're allowed to trade championships. Well, you're not, which is why it's so stupid. I, well, no, see, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know you were allowed to trade it. Wow. What a- I mean, the, the, the state of tag team wrestling in WWE is such a joke. <laughs> oh, my Hang God. On. Okay, so let's move on. Uh, Charlotte Flair stays on Raw. Oh, God. Get your battery pack upgraded before you come back on my screen. Uh, Ron Strowman moves to Raw. Daniel uh, Bryan remains on SmackDown. Yeah, no shit. Matt Riddle moves over to Raw. Oh, God. Well, Kevin Owens moves over to SmackDown. Uh, Jeff Hardy moves to Raw. Retribution, which were drafted as a faction, stay on Raw, which is uh, stupid. Uh, all right, can we, can, can we pause? Just just pause for a second. Just humor me. 
Okay, because this is so stupid on a multitude of levels. One, you're drafting five principal people with one pick, which in and of itself is asinine. That's like half a half an on-field football team for fuck's sake. Um, number two, uh, excuse me. Isn't the whole retribution storyline supposed to be that you're, they're destroying the company uh, that that Monday Night Raw has been the face of for over 25 years, uh, 27 years, I believe now, but yet you're going to draft them to this brand. Uh, you're going to pay them on top of that to lead this uh, this anarchist like uh you know uh group against your establishment and also number three um elio there's an, there's another point which i'm dying to bring up here um you know la- last week on monday night raw the big deal was mustafa ali being revealed i like it uh, Yes, I, well, I do too, but here's the thing. There was no mention of it on this past Raw. I know. At all. Mustafa Ali was nowhere to be found. He was, he's like the case of a vanishing child from a 1980s milk carton. Help me! <laughs> Help me understand the madness. <laughs> okay, this next, this next draft, I do not like this, this draft as a person or a wrestler. I'm sorry, I just don't. Lars Sullivan moves over to SmackDown. Yeah, you know, and I I gave him kind of the, the benefit of the doubt um, on uh, last week's show that, that got, uh, you know, next. Um, he, he, he just seems, he comes off as a very creepy person and just, like, not very likable. Yeah, and, you know, he just, he has, there's too many red flags going on with him. I mean, I'm I'm all for giving people second chances, but even even up till recently, there's there's allegations that he's been doing stuff. He, I, I I would just uh, get rid of him, like have some other company or whatever, or some independent whatever pick him up. But uh, I don't want to see him in WWE. Um, well, apparently, you're not alone there because. You know he's he's running out of supporters, but as long as the big boss uh, supports him, then there's nothing that can be done. Yeah. Um. You know, and I just, you know, I, like I said, I'm very much innocent till proven guilty. You know, kind of approach. Yeah, but but not not with this guy. We've seen the messages and the DMs. I, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, we have. And you know, and I think that's just one strike too many, considering his his um his past mistakes. So that's just me. All right. So moving on, we have Keith Lee staying on Raw, which he was on Raw to begin with, anyways. 
Baron Corbin, because I refuse to call him King Corbin any longer. It's enough already with the stupid King Corbin crap. He's yeah, get, him, get, him, get him all, get him and his Burger King crown off my TV. Yeah, so he sees on SmackDown. Alexa Bliss, as we mentioned, moves over to Raw. Elias is on Raw. He, yeah, he's back. He, uh, he smashed the hell out of Jeff Hardy with a guitar right to the back after oh, the triple threat so, match. Well, so I saw that. So is he a heel, I guess? Yeah, because, um, because because remember because remember how um in um when when they started the Jeff Hardy um uh drunk driving storyline yeah that Elias was the was the guy that got hit with, right, the, right. with the car that Jeff was allegedly driving. Okay, so that's okay. That's that's word. They're going with that. Okay. Yeah, Please. I mean, I, I, I remember like before he left, uh, that he was like, uh, I remember him as a face. Okay, uh, yeah, well, well, I shouldn't say allegedly driving because he was, but but Seamus set him up to make it look like he was drunk, and uh, that stupid, that was the person stupid, that stupid, was hit stupid, with the car. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're, we're going for a Guinness World Record with the amount of stupid ideas here on WWE <laughs> television, ladies and gentlemen. Sami Zayn stays on SmackDown. Lacey Evans heading to Raw. Lacey, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, and I, I really believe she is. I believe in, in real life she's a stand-up individual, and I respect her military service very much. Um... You know, but the 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 thing is, you she can't wrestle worth a damn. I mean, I could wrestle more better than she can, and I'm in a wheelchair, and I'm very convinced that that I'm a better wrestler than Lacey Evans is. I'm so I'm sorry. Okay, you know what? I'm kind of over Lacey Evans, so I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro are staying on SmackDown. Shame while Sheamus moves to Raw. Nikki Cross also moving over to Raw. Uh, well, and that'll, uh, that'll be interesting with Alexa Bliss angle because they're still kind of best friends, so I don't know. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Root move over to SmackDown. Well, I don't Arch- care. Our truth and his 24 7, 365, whatever is the hell championship he has, is stays on Raw. The 24 7, 7 11, 365 piece of shit. I don't Worth care. more as scrap metal 24 7 championship. Oh, oh, that's right. Um, it was lost at sea. Um, <laughs> 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 you know, it was it was it was lost at sea, Elio, and it was eaten by a shark. And then, and then the <laughs> what? And then, and then Akira Tozawa dove into the ocean and attacked the shark and got the and got the championship back. And then. And then the, the championship floated to shore to be returned safely to our truth. Excuse me. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, you can't make this shit up, people. It just <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, okay. you have to have fun with this shit or else it'll drive you nuts. There's, okay, a public piece heads over to SmackDown. Uh, <sighs> let's see. Oh, God. Dabakato stays on Raw. I don't care. I don't like this guy. Well, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be done now because, uh, you know, Raw Underground was officially canceled. <laughs> that was so, terrible. God. So, uh, so at least one of our prayers related to Monday Night Raw has been answered because I'll tell you what, that kickboxer slash, um, you know, yeah, all brawl for all experiment. We we covered it all in episode seventy five. I'm sorry. So go back and take a look at <laughs> take a look at that. But it, you know this this whole idea was doomed to, to failure from the start. So I'm right. not surprised at all. Okay, so Titus O'Neil stays on Raw. See, okay, okay, all right, all right. Stop, stop right there. Okay. Stop right there. So I'm done, Ben. Titus, Titus O'Neil was drafted and Andrade was not. In the same round, Peyton Royce was drafted, Andrade, not at all. Akira Tazawa, the ninja. And, and the the mystical retriever of the twenty four seven championship was drafted before Andrade. Oh oh yes, and, and the the sexy, the wonderful Carmella has has returned to SmackDown with a new character. But people, there's a problem because. She's drafted, and Andrade is not. And then, and then finally, Alistair Black gets drafted in the last round of 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 this of this draft. What the fuck is going on? You know. Okay. I mean, there were supple, supplemental picks after him, but uh, officially. He was the last televised pick of the draft. Now, what in the goddamn Jesus Herbert Walker Christ is going on here? <laughs> Walker, what? <Walker. laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need that so help. that you were in school, Herbert Walker? Jeez. No, it's, uh, it's it's George Bush's middle name. <laughs> George <laughs> Bush the second, yeah. Uh, I just okay. So hold on. Let me just uh, finish off. Um, so Carmelo's on SmackDown. Peyton Royce is on Raw. Alistair Black's on SmackDown, and Cesaro is on Raw. And there we have night two of the draft. We're now gonna move over to AEW. So yes. Ben, take it away. So okay, now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this really easy for you and just go uh, highs and lows. Now, um, 
usually any match involving FTR would automatically be one of my highlights, but I, I, I just I can't do that this week because of this asinine uh, referee screw up that we have going on here. So so at the end, the the ref um oh what is it? Rick Knox? That's right. He he just magically falls over. And and then and then and then counts the three. He wasn't even like he wasn't even touched. It was it was supposed to be a spot, and it just these refs. And I mean, I can't even describe it to you. My level of disdain for the refs in AEW. I you know what in the fuck? Even this. Even this um, reviewer here is 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 agreeing with me. He goes, and I quote, "Not a big fan of the ref willingly ducking as a belt shot is coming." Like, okay, I get why. I'm sure I duck too, but he's a ref, so no one would assume that if he saw a belt uh, to the face about to happen, that he'd be a bit more aware of just lying how Trent suddenly seemed knocked the fuck out. Not a big deal, but well, that's where we had to disagree because it just makes the performers and everybody else involved look stupid. I mean, Rick Knox went down and he, the, there was no contact even made. Like, it's just, it's just stupid to me. And then another, another, um, Low light that I that I absolutely uh, hate to uh, mention, but I have to. Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna put um, Hikaru Shida versus Big Slow as a as a low light. I mean, I don't know why would you put Big Slow in the ring with Hikaru Shida? It just you know this. This women's division has some serious problems. I feel like a broken record, but I, I really felt like they were getting getting it on the right foot when, um, you know, when they had uh, when they had Thunder Rosa and they got Serena Deeb in there, and and now now Thunder Rosa is done at least for the time being. So her short her, her uh, short term deal is out. Excuse me, um, I can't even get my words out properly when I'm forced to discuss the AEW women's division. But everything about it just looks sloppy, and it bothers me because Hikaru Shida is is a damn good wrestler. And and look, you know, Big Swole, I'll give her credit. She's got the look. She's got the charisma. She has a star quality. Um, much like um, much like Britt Baker, I would I would say Big Swole has has more charisma than Britt Baker does, but in in, in terms of in ring work, it's just it's just not there yet. I'm not saying it won't be, but it's just you know they they have to be talking about AEW in general. This company has to be more judicious with how they feature women's wrestling because right now it's just not working 
it, 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 it really isn't. And, it, and it's, it's like this. It's when the performances put the talent in a bad light, even when there's good talent in the ring like Hikaru Shida, and, and this has happened again and again, because remember, the last time Big Swole had a big match, it was a clusterfuck on ice. They actually made it to a pay-per-view, and it was, a, it was, a, it was just terrible. Um, so I really have a problem with the AEW women's division. You know, and somebody has to take a look at that and, and just, you know, if, if they're not good... Give them time to, to, to go back and train and, and, you know, get better on, on AEW Dark. Don't put them on national television to make a complete joke out of themselves when, when some of the other wrestling on this show is so much better. It just, look, I'm not trying to be mean to the women. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, when, when something is so obviously below par, it's, Sometimes you got to trim the fat for the time being until it gets better. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I don't get it. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> so the highlight for, for me um, of the entire night, it's important, it's important to mention that all, that all four of the brands' uh, championships were on the line. Right. And the... The absolute highlight of the night was was um, Orange Cassidy versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship, and we're actually getting a rematch uh, in two weeks, um, and we get and Orange Cassidy gets another chance at the championship. Um, now, now some people um, don't like Orange Cassidy and. and I, I've kind of been in that camp um, for, for a while. Um, but, um, you know, he's, he's starting to win me over because I feel like he has something. Now, now unlike, unlike these compl- complete morons who say uh, on this site that I'm using to review this show, they say Orange Cassidy is a god. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm not get, I'm not getting that, but okay. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say. This, oh shit! Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean it was it was a good match and definitely entertaining. Um, and then um, and then to uh to end the night we had John Moxley versus Lance Archer for the um for the AEW World Heavyweight title. And uh, that, was an, that was another highlight. Um, it, was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit um, slow in building. Uh, and um, and I, I, have to, I have to tell you, I, I, don't, I don't think it was as good as some of the other Moxley matches that we've seen. Um, but it's just so it it wasn't um, it didn't really hit for me because I, I don't I don't think Lance Archer's build has 
has really landed the way that AEW wanted him to. Okay. And I, I can't really put my finger on it because it's not like I dislike Lance Archer. I actually like him a lot, but I just find that something is, is missing. You should see some of his matches in uh, New Japan. They're pretty good. Yeah. And, and you know, like I said. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we go on, you were telling me that they were talking about Block C in the, in the, in the G1 Climax. Yes. Right? Okay, yeah. there is no block C. See, what it is is last year they started uh, calling the young the young lions or the new guys. They started calling them the block C, like as a joke, and they even brought a little trophy. So now, now they're running with that. So every year they're the unofficial block C, but it's really block A and block B. In the oh, okay, that, well that makes more sense. Okay. Well, um, you know that that was my highs and lows for the uh, for the show, anyway. All right, so now we're gonna move over to NXT. Ben, what you think of this show this week? NXT, or did you watch it? Yeah, I did, and I, I honestly thought it was weak. Okay. I really did. I didn't. Um, I didn't get um, much out of this. For me, I. I liked the opening match, uh, Undisputed the defeating Danny Birch and Oni Larkin. Yeah. Um, Tony Storm versus Alia was, uh, I guess I call it, you can call it a squash match. It was like two minutes. Yeah, I, just, you know, and I get it. They're, they're reintroducing Tony Storm after such a long off. And yeah. I actually, I really like the fact that they brought her over to the American NXT. I really, I really like that um, because she's been great. Um, so the fact that she's getting some shine, I have no problem with. It's just me personally being familiar with her. I don't need to see her in squash matches, but I understand why they're doing it given the scenario. And I, I, I kind of, of course, I'm, I'm upset about though who she beat because that's my girl right there, Aaliyah. But Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> un, 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 unfortunately, I think Aaliyah has has uh, gotten herself the title of NXT's unofficial jobber. And that's too bad because she's been there for since like 2012. Yeah. Okay, and uh, my <laughs> other one is because it, just because I, I like Damien Priest, so uh, Damien Priest be defeats Dexter Lumis. I like because I like Damien Priest. I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I absolutely saw him winning um, this match. Um, but um, I'm actually a bigger fan of Dexter Lumis, so I, I anticipate him winning the NXT title before too long. But I, I really do like how they're building Damian Priest because I, I wasn't sure about him uh, in earlier episodes of this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had always been a fan of his work, uh, even going back to Ring of Honor when he was Punishment Martinez. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, now, he, now he's hitting his stride. And, um, you know, if, if, he can, if he can keep this up, um, he might be on the short list for NXT champions because um, God knows NXT is uh, 
having a lot of injury problems right now and running short on, on star power. So this might be, this might be the launching pad for uh, Damian Priest. And uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're a fan, you're a fan of this person right there. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> and uh, this, this, despite the, despite the fact that his eyes creep me the fuck out, especially in gift form. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, okay. The ending. Which think of the end? Uh, Shotzi Blackheart comes out and uh, reveals that. Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae's matches at Halloween Havoc are going to be spin the wheel, make the deal. Oh my God! See this? No, no. This is this is the gimmicky shit that I don't like. Now I understand Halloween Havoc is a gimmick, and blah blah blah. But it's just I don't. You don't, I don't like need it. this. Come on. No. Wait, hold on a minute. I have to. I must protest. Did you, well, no, wait, I don't know if you did or not. Uh, have you ever seen Halloween Havoc 92? No. Dude, Halloween Havoc 92, that's where they introduced Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. They had Sting versus Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, and uh, okay, the well, ma their match was determined by Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal, which will, it turned out to be a coal miners glove match. Damn. Well, that, well, that's that's right up uh, Jake the Snake's alley, for sure. But now, now, now I get it. I I I missed that um, the first time. So now, now that I understand the background of it. Yeah, that's why. That's why they brought it back. I I just hope they don't mess it up this time. Knowing uh, well, because no, like. The first, the first time I saw the wheel, not knowing about 1992 Halloween Havoc, the first thing I thought was raw roulette wheel. Oh I'm yeah, like, no, oh, no, no, this is nothing like raw roulette. No, no, spin the wheel, make the deal. Yeah, it goes back to '92. Yeah. So okay, well, well, I I will retract my previous statement now that I understand the uh, background. All right, so that is our review of NXT. I'm going to throw it back over to Ben for WWE SmackDown. First, we're going to look at the draft list, uh, the draft of draft picks from night one. Then we're going to go over the results from this week's SmackDown. Absolutely. Which was a, which was a season premiere. So, Ben. Oh, God. I, I, wish, I wish it had been the season ending just end this miserable <laughs> miserable year God damn. just just let's have an actual off season please good lord okay go on um because let, let me tell you something ladies and gentlemen in case you haven't caught on yet uh i am not a fan of this draft at all not at all. Um, okay, so as I was going to get into earlier before I was corrected by um, LAO on our order of the show, this is how stupid this draft started out. Listen, listen to this. Okay. The first draft pick for, I'm sorry, excuse me, for, for Raw was Drew McIntyre. Now, okay, I, I get it. You know, pillar of the brand, blah, blah, blah. 
but he is the Raw World Heavyweight Champion. The, the title that he's wearing is is red, okay? Yeah. And you have him going into Hell in a Cell against Randy Orton. Of course those two son of a bitches aren't going anywhere. You don't, <laughs> have, you, you don't have the waist draft picks on them. I mean, use oh, your fucking brain. You know, it's, you know, I, I hate coming across like a condescending asshole, but it, it's just when my intelligence is routinely insulted and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm being beaten in the head with a mallet. It, I, I have to call out the stupidity of this. Okay. okay. And the stupidity continues on the SmackDown side as the SmackDown champion, the wearer of the blue belt, the the tribal chief of SmackDown, as he was referred to before this draft, was the was the number one draft pick for SmackDown. No shit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for drawing a picture in pretty colors for the stupid ass <laughs> motherfuckers to understand. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, go on. Jesus Christ. And then, and then, Asuka goes to Raw. Um, wow. Excuse my home alone moment as I smack my face in awe. The Raw Women's Champion was drafted okay. to Raw. I've never heard of such a thing. Wow. Okay, and next. This is just absurd. And then we have... Seth Rollins being drafted to SmackDown. Okay. And I was. I'm I not. Was, I, I'm. Not, I'm not upset with that. No, I'm not either. I, w- I was upset that uh, that later on in the night Dominic and Ray were drafted to SmackDown. <laughs> but because because I was real, I was really what? hoping. Stop! Putting it, it's enough already. I know it should have ended at payback, and oh. I, I want I want it noted, ladies and gentlemen, that for the second time on this podcast tonight, Elio removed his headphones out of protest for WWE stupidity. Oh. All right, and then the next pick for Raw in the first round was the Hurt Business, which okay. Then we get AJ Styles coming over from from uh, SmackDown, going back to the Raw. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Sasha Banks stays on SmackDown. Ooh, and, big surprise. Uh, yeah, no shit. She's in, she's involved in the biggest feud for the championship of the brand. No shit. I mean, it's like. Can we can we can we get a picture, like for the for like the header of this podcast? Can we get a picture of the Simpsons can of doo? Because this is so. You mean the, you mean the cover art? Yeah. I mean, it's well, just, well, I'm sorry. What would you like? You can tell me right now, or you can tell me off air. Yes, I I wanted I wanted to be the 
like the Simpsons beer can where it says do because these people are so stupid. It's just, I mean, <laughs> you know, my nine-year-old nephew could come up with a better draft than this. I assure you. All right. One, one, because he's related to me and actually has a few brain cells, but two, he actually understands wrestling better than these motherfucking people who run the number one wrestling company in the world. All right. Jesus fucking Christ. Can, can you tell I'm having an aneurysm of sorts over here? Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> what do you got next? In, in, in the sleeper pick, I love this pick. Bianca Belair goes over oh. to SmackDown. And then oh. Oh. On, the, on the show last night, which we'll get into, but I, I just want to bring it up now since since we're talking Bianca Belair, they um, put together a masterful promo for her. I love um, it. I, I, I really I really enjoyed that. That was that promo was actually one of my high points for the entire show. I loved how they um, how they bought up her uh, track meets from high school, and they actually had the or from college, excuse me, um, and they actually had the footage of it. I thought that was really really cool. All right. Um, next up, we have Naomi going over to Raw. I don't I, I don't really care either. Although I really like Naomi. Um, have, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, I thought they like to keep like couples together because this isn't Jimmy on SmackDown. Uh, yeah, but he, yeah, but he's injured right now. Remember? Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not coming back for a while. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can uh, see. Okay. Yeah, and then the Raw Women's Tag Team Champions were drafted to Raw. No, no shit. Um. So well, actually, not, they're not really the the raw. They're not no. They're not really brand specific there for the tag team championships. Oh well, well, well. I I stand corrected, but they're still. I don't irrelevant. care. I don't care though. They're still irrelevant. Yeah. I don't um, care. Go on. Next up, we have somebody who shouldn't be irrelevant, but is Ricochet stays on Raw. Okay. Uh, the Miz and Morrison. And the least important move in the draft's history. I don't care. Are coming to Raw, and I couldn't give a single shit. No, I'm done done with that freaking Miss Morrison. Uh, Then we have Mandy Rose, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods signaling the official breakup of the New Day. You know, that, that, that that was a surprise. I wasn't expecting that. Actually. Yeah, but I, you know, I think I think no, it's it was, good. It's good. Like I'm glad, yeah, but I'm saying I wasn't expecting it like this soon. Well, I mean, they've been together for six years, so it's like longer than any other tag team. No, like I mean, I didn't expect like right the draft. I thought maybe like at uh, somewhere, like in a, f- a few weeks after, like after the draft. And you know, I, this is a this is another problem that I have with this draft. Dana Brooke was drafted before Angel Garza. I don't care. What the hell? And then Angel Garza um, 
stays on Raw. We knew that. Stop um, it. Okay, and then we get Lars Sullivan, who was officially drafted to SmackDown. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care. I'm not, not a fan. We already covered that. Go on. No. Uh, then we already covered Dominic and Ray. Jay Uso is on, is on SmackDown. No yeah, shit. hold on. I have a question for you. Yeah. Now, the, mis- yeah. the Mysterios are on SmackDown. <clears throat> but uh, so so now what? Don't so remind me. Is is Murphy gonna align himself with the Mysterios? Because he went to shake their hand. Well, and, he, uh, he, al- he already tried to. So I think I think they're moving in that direction. Okay, yeah, so he- I guess right now they're still not trusting him. But so he's gonna have to work to get their trust. I guess. Yeah, that well, we can see that coming a mile away. All right. So okay, now now it makes sense. Okay. Not that I, I care. I mean, I would rather have that than Aaliyah joining the uh, the ministry, so to speak. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know what? It's enough with the ministry already. Come on. And then we have um, Otis uh, staying on SmackDown to end oh. night one. Oh, of- yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. <laughs> What? What in the hell? <laughs> uh, I can say that I can say this for Otis. He gives the average Joe's hope since he got to date Mandy Rose. Now, granted, it wasn't a professional wrestling storyline, but you can't really hate on Otis. Yeah, I like Otis, but he. Let's be real; he's not gonna hold on to the money in the bank. Uh, Wait, hold on. He he sees on SmackDown, right? Yeah. That sucks for Miz because Wisdom is trying to get the the money bank away from him. Yeah, which is another watch gap. <laughs> what? That, that, uh, you know, WWE just forgets. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, do they still have that stupid um, where they they can, someone can sw- can uh, come over from the other brand at least four times in a year? Uh, yeah, they still have the brand, the brand Invitational. So, um, so probably uh, Miz will probably come over for to SmackDown maybe at least once. Oh, for I don't care. Neither do I. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to make sense of like how does that would work. Okay, so that's gonna be the title of this podcast: WWE Draft equals We Don't Care. Okay. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, those are our reviews for this week's uh, shows. We are going to take a break and we'll be back shortly. We we didn't do the uh, SmackDown review. That was night two. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, okay. Uh, Let's uh, get into SmackDown and then uh, we're going to go into break. Okay, okay. Yes, you you need your insure break. I know. We'll get we'll get to it quickly. No, I already, I already did my stuff. Uh, I I know. I just had to fuck with my co-host. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a it's a rule. I'm not an asshole. We're actually friends. But I can I, I can I can actually edit all that stuff out. So so go on uh, review but, uh, review for this week. But anyway, so the first uh, the first match is uh, Lars Sullivan versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible. 
This was an extended squash. They shouldn't be doing that to Jeff Hardy. What the what the hell? Um, now hold on, hold on. You missed the opening segment. Though. What, what, what'd you what'd you think of that? I just want to know because I didn't like it. I I missed it myself when a SmackDown originally aired around at 8 p.m. So well, I, I watched the replay. Well, see, the thing is, and kind of the reason I, I skipped it was it was just the same old, uh, you know, supposedly this is going to be like a, like a landscape-altering night for WWE. Okay, uh, so so it wasn't just me that thought that that was terrible. Okay. You know, tri- Triple H and Stephanie are in the ring, you know, talking okay. about the draft and its unpredictability. And meanwhile, they start to show the exact same way they always do. So. Okay, okay. So it wasn't just me that thought it was terrible. Okay. Uh, no. And the other thing that was that was terrible is uh, throughout the – I might as well get into this now before the, the matches – Okay, I, know, I know what you're going to talk about. Go on. We had appearances in the Thunderdome by Jeff Jarrett, Goldberg. Really? Yeah. Jeff okay, Jarrett. I missed those ones. Okay, go on. Jeff Jarrett, Goldberg, uh, Nikki and, and uh, Birdie, uh, Daniel Bryan's family, um, and, uh, you know, Ric Flair, and Keith Lee, and I mean, they are really trying with this uh, with this Thunderdome thing. And, like I, I, I get it. I mean, I don't like it, but I get it. Hold on, hold um, on. were they there or were they on no, the no. screens? They, they were on. They were on the screens in the oh, Thunderdome. God, are you kidding me? <sighs> well, me, meanwhile, we all know that they use stock footage for that anyway, so why would they even make a big deal out of having yeah. them there? It's just like, oh I don't know. Okay. But anyway. <clears throat> uh, and then match two was the was the farewell match for the New Day going against uh, Sheamus, Cesaro, and Shinsuke. I kind of don't care. Well, I actually kind of like the the pro the promo that they cut in the beginning. The, no, the the promo, yes, I just didn't care for the match. Yeah, but so. the, the the promo was cool, you know. Yeah. No, I uh, agree. Then giving props to each other, and you could you could hear that it was it was it was heartfelt and legit. Uh, yeah. Next next up, something I don't care about, as I mentioned. Uh, it was a SmackDown title, tag team title match. Uh, I don't give a shit. Um, and this was hardly a match anyway, because it ended in disqualification. So okay, nobody, nobody gives a damn. Right. Um, and then out comes uh, Sasha Banks, um, and Bailey for their contract signing. I can't. I cannot tell you how I despise contract signings in professional wrestling. Yep. I hate them. Uh, ben, you know, Ben, yeah. you and I yeah. are going to meet in a match at Hell in a Cell, and we have a contract signing next week. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no, my, I, I hate contract signings. They're so stupid. Oh, they're, they're, like, and, and they always end the same way. Well, this, this, I mean, I guess they tried to end this one a little bit different because 
you know, barely took the cowardly way out and doesn't want to sign the contract. Yeah. But we all we all know that she will, and they'll have the match, so it's useless. Um, and hence why I hate contract signings to begin with. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, match number four was the main event. We actually only had four matches on the show. Oh, good. Uh, Roman Reigns defeating uh, Braun Strowman via submission. Uh, he choked him out. Um, and that, that was all fine and good. And in my opinion, the, um, the show was highlighted by Jay Uso beating the shit out of Roman Reigns after oh, the match. With the with chair? chair. Oh, yeah. Crap. That, that, was, that was dope. The way that, the way that they're handling this Reigns storyline... Is per is, is like perfect, so I get I give them credit there. They they pull the rabbit out of out of the hat and they're actually doing something, uh, really cool. You know, so I'm really digging this Reigns heel turn and and Lord knows it was well well overdue. So I'm very happy about that. Now, would you think of the whole the, the the football analysis or whatever style thing? Oh my God! That oh was God. so stupid. That, 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 that's why I said I know I know what you're going to talk about because I thought you were going to. That was the way we were going. Well, no. oh God! Just that, make it. No, we make don't it have to stop. talk about it. Cause it was stupid. Just make it stop. Nobody gives a shit. Last time, last time before this was the previous draft, and <laughs> yep. people that were was dra- terrible. They drafted Andre the Giant. Wait, 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 what? What? Say it again. They drafted Andre the Giant. To where? To in in the fantasy draft with the football people last year. Last year. <laughs> what? What in the fuck? He died in 1983, okay. ladies breathe, and gentlemen. Breathe, breathe, breathe. <sighs> okay. I thought so. I thought after that, surely they're not going to bring the Fox football people uh, but back they did. this year. But, but they, they did. did. Oh, okay, God. that those are our reviews of this week's shows. Uh, fans, we will be back shortly with um, our time warp, and then um, we're going to present another top twenty list, uh, and we'll close out the show for the week. So stay tuned for that. All right, fans, we are back. We are going to take a... We are going to get into our time warp. We're going to fire up the DeLorean. Now, because I had a shorter week, I got confused uh, with uh, the dates this week because we celebrated our our Thanksgiving on Monday. So I thought today was the 18th. However, it was brought to my attention that today was actually the 17th, so I made a mistake on uh, the Time Warp event that we're going to go over. So, Ben, what are we going to look at this week? We're going to take you back 21 years exactly uh, to No Mercy 1999. Okay, let's see what we have here. All right, so No Mercy 1999, October 17th from the Gundarina in Cleveland, Ohio. The commentators on this show were Jared Waller and Jim Ross. 
And the first match opens the show with the Godfather defeating Midian. This was this was so random. Apparent, apparently, it, and I, I took notes. I took extensive notes on this show. Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it keeps going. But uh, anyway, um, you know, this match was very random to me. And it, as it was explained on commentary, um, Godfather and Midian had an issue stemming from that week's uh, SmackDown. And earlier that Sunday on, on Heat, um, uh, Godfather demanded a match with Midian. Uh, I wish he hadn't. Because, like I, I, I love the Godfather, but it's kind of, it's kind of hard to take his match seriously when, uh, when the comment, when the commentary team is, is emphasizing how much, um, how much uh, Midian likes dead farm animal, farm animals. At this point, it was already revealed the visiting man was a higher power of the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, but I was I was very surprised that, that um, they were they were talking about um, Midian sexual proclivities involving farm animals. That was a little much. In a, in our second match, we had a WBF Women's Championship match of Fabulous Mula defeating Ivory. See, and I I have a problem with this match because. And what is the problem with this match? Because at, at the time, Fabulous Mula is, or Mula is. Hold on, similar. hold on. Do you want to call Fabulous? Fabulous Mula? What, or whatever <laughs> the fuck. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Okay, go on. <laughs> but anyway, she's 72. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to take this seriously. You know, you know and, the, hold on. Do you know the history of her first reign? Well, I, I know that I know that she's she was in the game for a very very long time, I, like seventy five years. I understand. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm gonna give you a, like a small history of her. Her first title reign. This is how long she had it. Okay. Yeah. She won the championship in 1959. Yeah. And held it for I believe 27 or 28 years. Oh Jesus. She, she lost it to Wendy Richter in the original screw job. Well, no, wait, uh, she, uh, yeah, she, no, she had it. So Wendy Richter beat her, but then uh, she defeated Wendy Richter in the original Screwjob. All right, cool. Yeah, I think I um, remember something about that from uh, Fabulous. Um, Dark Side Real. of the Ring. They called, talked about Dark yeah. Side of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, I remember it from that. So, I just, you know, but it's just like, Look, I, I know that she was she's a historic figure, but it's just I can't take it seriously yeah, no, when, the, the, when yeah. you put her in the ring with Ivory. I remember, I remember this match. Um, yeah, it's one, it's one thing if it's a comedy match to begin with. It's not, not a good idea. When you put her in the, in, a, in the ring with Ivory, it just makes everybody look stupid. Okay, then we had the Holly Cousins, Hardcore Holly and Crash Holly defeating the New Age Outlaws by disqualification. Oh boy. You know, so, some of these matches from the Attitude Era are just no good. 
Right. I just, you know. Okay. Uh, this next match, I absolutely remember. This is a West Virginia Intercontinental Championship, a good housekeeping match. China defeating Chef Jared to become the new champion. Okay. Well, let me just say, um, you know, I I understand that it was it was historic because China was the first woman to become Intercontinental Champion, but. Uh, you know, previous to watching the pay-per-view the, the other evening, I had actually never seen this match. And I have to tell you, I was disappointed because I thought it was so stupid. You know, you, you want me to take it seriously as a historic moment, but yet, um, number one, you're covering each other with flour and what whatever else, and you're hitting each Terrible other. Terrible match. Terrible with kitchen sinks and the wrestling yeah. is terrible and yeah, yeah. You, know, you, you got the, the cat involved and it, 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 it. I'm gonna say uh, this I'm gonna say this and I don't care like uh, fans say this is my own my own uh, POV so to speak yeah China was an attraction I don't think she was uh, that great of a, of a worker well, I would agree, I would agree with you on that one. She, all, that's all she was was an attraction. She wasn't a great wrestler. Um, you know, and it, well, don't let Felix hear, hear this this podcast. And, I don't care. Um, no, no, but I kind of I kind of agree, and I yeah, you know, it's like because you want me to take it seriously as a, a historic moment. I said on his face it is, but then when you look at the match, it's just you know it was it was it was just a clusterfuck. And then on on top of that, you have because originally in the original ending, uh, Jeff Jarrett retained, but then you know Teddy Long comes out of the ring to inform Jeff. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, did they uh, did they did the match end and they restarted it? Yes. I hate those things when they restart stuff. Yes. So originally Jeff Jarrett won the match, um, but then here comes Teddy Long to t- to tell us that um, that that ending doesn't count because the Intercontinental title was used as a weapon and, and the championship is not considered a household item. So the, match, <laughs> so the match continues. Oh my god, okay. Whatever. Yes, apparently because it's a good housekeeping match, you could only use household items to beat well, each other. A championship, a championship can be found on any bookshelf in a house, or on any mantle in a house. Uh, yeah, exactly, especially if you're a WWE fan, for fuck's sake. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but aside from that gap in logic, this match was just not good. Uh, okay, next we had The Rock defeating the British Bulldog. Okay, and, and this is where I started taking notes because to me this is where I got interested. So so I have a um I have a few notes on this one. I don't know if it was a missed call or he just you know he forgot what it looked like, but yeah JR actually mistook a Samoan drop as a back body drop. Wow. They, they look very, they look very different. And then 
there, there, there was a no call on a British Bulldog low-blowing the rock in the corner. Wow. Um, and then... So much for rules in wrestling. And the, the rock got his foot on the bottom rope after the power slam finisher um, to break up the, the count and reverse the second one to hit a rock bottom and a people's elbow for the win. That, that And that's fine. That's expected. But here's something that's not expected. According to my calculations, this was a seven-minute match. Okay, and they have 620 listed here. Okay, but even, even worse, because, you know, you're going to give a good housekeeping match and a... And a and a match involving someone that has sexual relationships with goats. Fuck, they did, they did, they gave that match eight minutes and 37 seconds. I mean, it's eight, eight, yeah, eight minutes, 37 seconds. I mean, you're going to give the Godfather and Midian more time than the Rock and the British Bulldog. They gave that one seven minutes and 31 seconds. What the hell? Because, you know, and I found it, and I found it interesting that the match was so short, largely because, um, Largely because JR kept saying how the match had WWE championship implications. So I just, I found it underwhelming if that's what the match was being um, built up as. All right, and then next we had, this was a Terry Reynolds Invitational match. Number five, it was a ladder match with the new brood, which consists of Matt and Jeff Hardy defeating Edge and Christian. So yeah, I took ex- extensive notes on this one because because I was very I was very interested in this one. So I caught a lot of the, the spots. Uh, so the first big spot to me was the reverse DDT off the ladder by Christian on Jeff. Um, short shortly thereafter, Edge power bombs Matt off the ladder, only to be drop kicked off the ladder, which he was climbing up by, by an air, uh, hold on, let me see if, let me read my own hand, handwriting appropriately. Uh, yeah, so Edge powerbombed Matt off the ladder only to be dropkick off by an airborne Jeff from the top rope. That, that was a sick spot. Um, okay. Then uh, Jeff hits a senton bomb on Edge off the ladder, and then my, my I think my favorite spot in the match was the leg drop over the top of the ladder by Jeff on Christian. Are you getting bored with my reviews? No, 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 no. I was I was checking something. I send in on, your sit-ins. No, I'm not, I I'm getting because uh, uh, okay. We had an appearance by a vampire, ladies and gentlemen. I had to check. No, I was I, I clicked the wrong button because I was looking at something else here. Okay, right. very good. And then and then so Edge and Christian double the flapjack mat into the ladder shortly thereafter. This is after the poor guy got just terribly assaulted by the ladder. Wow. Because two of them drop kicked the ladder right in the right into Matt's balls. It's just <laughs> it's kind of painful looking, um, and then there was a um, a uh, there, 
Edge, Edge and Jeff were set up on um, two, the two ladders, and Edge hit a um, a flatliner off off the ladder. I mean, this then from this point on, we we just get insane because then you know Matt intercepts Edge as he's trying to climb back up the ladder with a neck breaker. Christian then hit tossed Jeff off a ladder, which which looked particularly sick. As does this new viewpoint you you've uh, you've you've created while I'm looking down reading my notes. What is this? No, I'm paying attention to you. I was just checking no, out the no, filters. No, no, no. I, I but I'm just saying I I like your filters. That, yeah, that's really funny. It's like it's like uh, you got people down there watching you on a movie screen. I I like that filter. I didn't know you could do that. Anyway, um. Quit distracting me while I'm trying to be a professional. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> and then we have a double a double leg drop by Jeff into the ladder in the face of Matt and Christian. He, he propelled a ladder into his own brother's face to, to punish Christian. I, I found that actually pretty funny. Okay. And then, uh, Jeff eventually gets left alone after a four-way scramble on top of the ladder for the money to win the match. All right, so next one we had Thou Venus defeating mankind. Or 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 as as it was emphasized on commentary, Rocco beats Sacco after Venus defeats mankind. Oh my god. Stop. <laughs> and uh, before before this uh, Triple H attacked The Rock after uh, Rock came to the ring and laid down a challenge for the winner of the main event, and he assaulted The Rock's ribs with a sledgehammer. So, all right, then we had a four-way elimination match: X Pac defeating Bradshaw, Farouk, and Kane. Okay, just a few notes on this one: how the eliminations happen. First of all, they forgot to bleep Xbox music. So oh. you heard you heard the F word twice on on his music. Like Hold like, on, hold on. Wait, was it the Xbox DX music? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know that uh, they used uh, that word in there. I thought I always thought it was suck it. Okay. No, cuz well they said they say suck it, but then they say it, it ain't nothing to fuck with. Oh, okay. So, right. And they forgot to bleep that out. Like once when he went, once when he came into the ring, and then when he actually won the match. Oh, yeah. Show, show us how long it's been since I've heard his music. So, so yeah, I found that funny. Uh, Kane eliminated Bradshaw with a choke slam for the first elimination. Then Xbox quickly eliminates Kane directly after that. With, after surprising him with a top rope spinning heel kick coming off the choke slam. And then to win the match, X-Pac eliminates Farouk, which really surprised me because uh, Farouk hit this vicious spine buster, which I thought was was just going to be it. I mean, this was like a double-A-worthy spine buster right here. But, um, but for some reason, um, Farouk, trying to come off the top rope and it was countered into an X factor um, 
for Xbox to get the win. So, you know, very surprising that Xbox would get the win over Farouk of all people. All right, in the main event, there was a no disqualification match for the WWF Championship, Triple H defeating Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, a couple, couple of things here. First of all, the camera boom spot where uh, where um, J, JR was consistently saying that that um, Austin hit um, Triple H directly in the face with the camera off the off the big uh, you know mechanism thing mm-hmm. and slung all around. Um, it was shown on multiple angles on the replay that uh, that Triple H didn't get hit at all. He actually fell like well before the um, well before the the camera would have hit him. And uh, and on subsequent replays, the uh, the camera view was was distorted, so you couldn't see that. But on, like on okay. the first two. On the first few replays, you could just see it clear as day that there was no contact. So I found that pretty funny. Uh, then Austin quickly hit a stunner shortly after that, getting back in the ring. But Toyota was down outside and had to be pulled back in by Austin, uh, who went for a second stunner, but Triple H countered. Uh, knocking Austin back into the ref, Toyota was having a rough night. Um, he was eventually replaced by uh, Earl Hebner, but we'll get into that. Uh, and uh, Triple, Triple H countered and uh, and got a near fall um, after a, a pedigree. Um, and then uh, Triple H was busted open on the announce table and choked out with the wire. I always hated that spot. I just don't like that spot. Um, Austin suffers two bell shots to the head, and I actually wrote this down. This commentary line was was absolutely ridiculous by JR. He said, ding dong, Austin may be dead. (laughs) After the the two bell shots. Oh, Jim Ross. <laughs> then Austin was suplexed on the Spanish announce table, which didn't break. Um, several reverses were back in the ring now. Austin missed a knee drop. His knee gets wrapped around the, the post, courtesy of Triple H, and re- repeated, uh, repeated attacks on the knee were the focus. Uh, face bust... A face buster was hit for a two count. Uh, Austin then hits a superplex for a near fall. Um, followed up by a steel chair tug of war, which which ended with Austin just beating the shit out of Triple H. Uh, Austin, or Triple H low blows him to escape the, the attack. The Rock comes out for revenge on uh, Triple H for the aforementioned attack earlier in the evening, but he misses and hits Austin with a sledgehammer. Pedigree on the rock, and uh, and Triple H pins Austin to retain, and China rescues Triple H after um, 
Austin chases him to the back. And that's how we go off the air for the pay-per-view. All right, so that was our review of No Mercy 1999. Fans, we're going to take a look at a list, courtesy of my good friend, The List King on Instagram. And he can be found at the underscore list underscore king underscore one. So these are the top 20 worst tag team champions ever in WWE and WCW. This was created from May of 2016. Ben, you have your top 10, I believe you said. Yes. All right, let's hear your top 10. For the worst tag teams. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, number 10, uh, Michael McGillicuddy and David Otunga. <laughs> yep. N- number nine, John Cena and a very quickly returning David Otunga. Oh my God, I, I even forgot about that team. Damn. Okay, go on. Um, that was terrible. Um, Santino and Kozlov. Mm, okay. I, uh, I, I didn't really mind them, uh, but okay. All right. I, well, I d- uh, and I'll tell you why I did. Because Kozlov went from this monster. He got, because you know, if you'll recall, he got like the Ryback push before there was a Ryback. Right. I mean, he beat The Undertaker clean on SmackDown, and then he's he, he gets demoted to being tag team champions with a guy who dressed like a woman during WrestleMania. Okay, yeah, you know what? You want my – you've uh, convinced me. Yeah, you're right. right. It, they sucked. Uh, really? So Santino and Kozlov and, – and, and don't forget we had to suffer through that T segment on Monday Night Raw. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, you're right. Don't think I forgot about that. I'm 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 a student of history now. Uh, <laughs> uh, Professor Canella is your mentor. <laughs> uh, n- n- number seven on the list, we have Animal and Heidenreich. Oh my God, terrible! Right? Oh my God! Especially when he had Heidenreich with face paint and coming out with the shoulder pads. No. Oh my God! It was that was it that was, was awful. It was an abomination. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, n- number number six, we have uh, Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki. Yeah, that was a weird team. I didn't like them. Yeah, and then they and then they tried to bring Renee Dupree back in, in 2006 for ECW. Yeah. Like, you know, this, this, see, this is what happens when you hire 19 year old kids and expect them to to not get big heads when they're on TV. Okay. All right. Um, then we have John Cena and The Miz. Oh my God, I remember. I remember that. That was that. Was, that didn't even last long. Uh, yeah, I don't even think it lasted the evening, to tell you the truth. Oh, wow, it was only one night. Wow, okay. Um, Billy and Chuck. Uh, yeah, don't do never like them. Yep. Yeah, the the gay wedding was just... No, not, not good. I don't have an issue with... with, with no, but no you, know, you know what was the worst part? Yeah. Eric, Eric Bischoff is a priest. That was some pretty bad makeup. Uh, yeah, that was terrible. And and, and the make-out session wanted me to 
made me want to puke, and I didn't think that was possible when when uh, Stephanie McMahon is a participant because like it like it or not, she's a beautiful woman, and I, I didn't think I would ever have a problem with that kind of a statement. Um, but uh, number three was Braun Strowman and Nicholas. Oh. And if, this, if is at, when, this is when you put the referee's kid in storylines. That was terrible. I think it actually is his kid. Like, who, for real. Who? I think it was John Cohn's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I said you don't put referees, yeah. kid, referees kids in storylines. Terrible. Yeah. And uh, if you're asking why it's not number one, I have your answer uh, upcoming here right now. Number two, the Spirit Squad. Thank God, yes. Uh, male cheerleaders, you know, ain't going to do it done for me. Yeah, Dolph. Uh, yeah. And then uh, number one, uh, Deuce and Domino. Oh, uh, for the worst. I hated them. I so, liked them. I kind of liked them. Like the whole cool stuff I did. Uh, no. No, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna Come put a you're you're not you're not gonna cast a snooker <laughs> as as a grease cast off and have me. No, no, hold on. Okay, maybe maybe not him. I he I didn't like him, but I do like uh, Domino. Okay, but still, you know, <sighs> then you got Olivia Newton John on roller skates, aka Cherry. What I mean, what the fuck. Uh, okay, so are you ready for this? This is a top 20. Now, now before you get into that, I have to ask, am I going to have an aneurysm? Uh, I'm not sure on this list because I told you this is WWE and WCW. All right, well, you're setting the bar pretty low with WCW, so <laughs> go ahead. At number 20, we had Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. I actually liked them. Yeah, I never prompted them. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Okay, well that's not you know, that's not a very auspicious start. Uh, Nineteen is Bobby Kennan, the Godfather. Oh God, the Good Father. Yeah. Uh, how how dare I forget to put them on my list? Oh no, they actually they have it. They, he had it written as the Godfather, but yeah, it, is, it was a Good Father, which was stupid. Oh, okay. Stupid is going to make change in the game. At number 18, we have DDP and Canyon. What about Canyon? You mean who better you, than you Canyon? You don't get it, do you? Yeah. Yeah, who better than Canyon? You're like, what about exactly. Canyon? Okay. <laughs> okay, at number 17, we had Marcus Alexander Bagwell and Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, God. At number 16, we had David Flair and Crowbar. They didn't go higher on the list. Hmm, interesting. And number... It, sorry? Because I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If, if I had to put WCW people in there, I think they might have been my number one worst tag uh, number 15, we had the Basham brothers. Ag agreed. They suck. Shaniqua gave me nightmares. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 
number 14. And number 14, we had Rick Steiner and Kenny Chaos. I don't even know who Kevin Chaos is. I, I don't remember Kenny Chaos. I don't, I don't know if you, whatever. And number 13, we had the Mama Lukes. Oh, for fuck. Yeah, I agree. And number 12, we had Lieutenant Local and Corporal Cajun. Oh, what? Lieutenant Loco and Corbin Cajun. Okay, look, look. Okay, that was Ch- Chavo Guerrero and uh, Lash LaRue. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's a flash from the past. Lash LaRue. Holy fuck. <laughs> is, is, is Alex right on this list, too? <laughs> uh, yep, he is. Okay, uh, number, uh, number 11. <laughs> we have the- I- Wait a minute, I have to be facetious. He's actually on the list. He's on the list. At number 11, we have the Spirit Squad. And then it's number two. Okay. At number 10, we have Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo. Oh, God. Sean Stasiak actually follows me on Twitter and Instagram. Really? How yeah. did that happen? Because um, I always post pictures of my workouts and stuff, and he's a big oh, workout okay. guy. So, oh, yeah. okay. So does he ever, like, actually message you? Or... Uh, no, but um, um, no, but it's we follow each other. So okay. Cool. So, well, that's why I said that Domino follows me on Twitter, or he did. I don't know if he unfollowed me, but oh well. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you don't really tweet anymore, do you? I don't really use Twitter. I just like I have it, but that's because um, the other podcast uh, has Twitter account and they tag me in there. But um, and also I follow some other things like another podcast that I listen to, another wrestling show. Yeah, I believe I told you about that. The other one that I listen to on Tuesdays. Yeah. All right, at number nine, we have the American Males, Mark Spagwell and Scotty Riggs. Oh, God. It's like, a, it's like a bad porno movie. Fuck. At number eight, um, we have Deuce and Domino. All right, well, at least they were thinking along the same lines. At number seven, we have Bob Holly and the Winter Three Kid. Eh, I, I, I always thought Bob Holly was... was um, this injury from, but I think he could have been much better than he was. Number six, we have Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. I I agree. Here are the top five. Okay. Alex Wright and General Rection. Oh my god. What the fuck? General Rection. <laughs> okay, I'm really glad I missed that guy in WCW history. You, you know who that is. You remember who that is, right? No. That's Hugh Morris. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. He, he, wow, Hugh Morris is actually an improvement? Holy fuck. <laughs> At number four, we had Justin Gabriel and Heath Slater. Absolutely agree. Number three, we had David Otunga and Michael McGillicuddy. All right. 
At number two, we had Mark Jindrak and Sean O'Hare. Oh, yeah, well, Jindrak was a flash in the pan, for sure. And the number one worst tag team champions ever goes to 123Kid and Marty Jannetty. I I can't argue with that, really. I mean, so those are the top 20 worst tag team champions ever. Uh, well, I I think both of our lists were pretty good. All right, now before we uh, before we close off for the week, Ben, let's take a look at what we have uh, next week for the time warp. Okay, cool. So next Saturday, I believe, is the twenty fourth. Let me look, but I, I think so. Yeah. Yep. All right. So our choices are Halloween Havoc ninety three. Possibility. Halloween Havoc 99. Then there's Dragon Gate uh, Rey de Palais uh, 2004. There's Triple A 2008. UFC 104 2009. WWE Bragging Rights 2010. Full Impact Wrestling 2015. And ROH Glory by Honor 14 from 2015. Uh, let me look at, um, let me look at the card for Halloween Havoc 93. All right. Uh, hang on, hang on guys, we're doing on the fly research. I can tell you right now, this is actually the second spin the wheel, make the deal uh, pay-per-view. 